who's excited to be in the room today. Let's go. You guys look good today, bringing out some extra chairs and getting ready to go. I love it, kicking the year off right. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us. I know you've been welcomed so well by our hosts and our worship team today, and I just want to say that it is a true honor to have you in the room. We do not ever take that lightly, uh, that you've chosen to be with us on a Sunday and to spend your weekend with us. So we're, we're honored with that. We are in a series called Cycle Breakers, and uh, just really excited to get moving in that. So... But as you're getting your notebooks together, pens together, iPads, whatever you're going to do to take notes today, I, I want to say a, a couple of things. Number one, bear with me today. I am preaching with a cough drop. So if you hear a little bit of weird noise, I got a cough drop. I have to or else I'm going to, uh, lung is literally going to come up on the stage. So just bear with me a little bit there. I didn't, I didn't want anybody that if I just have to break for a minute, that's what's going on. And number two, uh, I just need to say, for those of you that are a part of our church family and, and have been a part of our church family, um, I wasn't here last Sunday. If you were here last Sunday, thank you. Um, I, I wasn't here. My, my overseers and elders just asked me to take a weekend off after the past few weeks of just everything we've had to deal with. And um, I fought that and fought that and fought that, but I'm, I'm grateful I did that. But I just needed to say thank you. I wanted to say thank you to you for, for the grace that you've given to me as the pastor of this church over a very rough couple of weeks and few weeks that we've been through, through sickness and some loss in our church family. And so thank you for that. And, and also thank you for the way that you're loving uh, each other, take, caring for each other, carrying the burden of, of ministry and, and, and honestly, uh, the weight of, of emotion and grief in some ways. But here's the reality is that I am so excited about what God is doing in 2024 and what God is gonna do in and through us individually. And I mean that, so thank you. I just needed to say that. Thank you. Really excited about what God is doing. And we're gonna keep going. And I'm really excited about this series because my guess is that if you're like most other people in the world, when the calendar flipped over to 2024, as it was creeping up and it was getting there, right? And maybe after that moment or when things settled in your life and, and you began to think, my guess is that you started to do some introspective work on yourself, right? You started to ask some questions. Like maybe you look back over 2023 and ask this question, did I get everything out of 2023 I think I could have? Was 2023 everything it could have been? And the answer usually for highly driven people, the answer is usually no. And if you're anything like me, I looked at myself, I was like, did I get everything I wanted out of my marriage? Not just wanted, but could have. Let's put it that way. I get everything I could have out of my marriage, out of my parenting, out of myself, out of our church. What did that look like? And the answer is usually always, no, I didn't. And so what can I do? And here's, here's what I know. As you're entering into 2023, or sorry, 2024, and, and you're entering in and you're going there, I want you to understand something. I have no interest in just preaching another message of, oh, you can have your best life now and creating good people and all those things. I'm, that's not what we're here for. I just want to say that right up front. But here's what I am here for. Because most of you are probably sitting in the room, and if you've had those conversations with yourself, you've probably come to the same conclusion that I have, and it's this. There's more in me. There's more in me. There's more for me. There's more in me. And maybe you haven't come to that conclusion because nobody's told you. And I need you to hear me tell you today on a very individual, on a very personal basis, there's more in you. 
There's more for you. There's more in you. How do I know that? Because I know the God that created you and I know the God that loves you and I know that you may have been the most successful in 2023 you've ever been. I know that 2024 is gonna be even greater in your life because God is greater in your life. And I know that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, God is going to get us to a place to where as we submit to him and as we follow him, we will see everything he's put in us. And everybody in this room, everybody in our Florence campus, everybody that hears this message, you have a purpose that God placed on the inside of you. You have a purpose, you have a mission, you have a plan, you have abilities that nobody sitting next to you has. Because we're all created unique with a God that loves us. There's more in you. And here's what I also know about all of you. We are all in cycles. We are all living in a cycle. Every one of us, it doesn't matter if it's a good cycle, some are good, some are bad, but we're all living in these cycles of life and these cycles all look the same, they just have different outcomes. And as I was preparing for this series, I thought about my childhood growing up and going to all these parks and, and playgrounds and stuff, right? Does anybody remember merry-go-rounds? Anybody in the room, y'all don't make me feel, I feel like today's generation, y'all missing out because I don't see merry-go-rounds anywhere. I don't, and, and people are like, well, they're too dangerous. That was the fun. <laughs> that was the fun. Come on. What I love to do is if I had a group of friends with me, right, two or three of us would sit on the merry-go-round while two or three of us, y'all already know, you grabbed that thing, boy, and you got started in your stance, and you just took off. You know what I'm saying? And you grab that thing, and you'd run in circles. just around and around. And you'd make that thing spin so fast it started to shake and it felt like it was coming off that center bolt that's on the inside. Come on, ha, ha, ha. I'm gonna go find a merry-go-round today. I'm gonna put my kids on it and be like, babe, let's go, let's spin this thing. And you know you'd have a death grip on that bar and you'd hold on with everything you got because you wasn't jumping on it. That was, that, woo, that was not gonna be good. You were breaking something if you did that, right? But as it got going, you also weren't gonna jump off of it, right? I was the kid that would look at friends and go, just tuck and roll, just tuck and roll, man. <laughs> tuck and roll doesn't work, y'all. Just take my word for it. And, uh, but you get that thing going and you would jump off when it slowed down, right? Because when that thing was really going, you were either getting thrown off, but if you jumped, it was going to hurt and you were going to spin in the same, like it was not going to be a good, good situation. And so you would wait until the speed slowed down just enough to where it was safe for you to jump off. And I, th I got to thinking about that. And I was like, man, how indicative of that, of that is that our lives? To where we get stuck in these cycles, right? And, and y'all know, like, y'all don't be holier than me today. Let's just, let's let, this is what I love about our church. We let the mask down and we just are who we are. Y'all don't act holier than me today. We all get stuck in these cycles. You get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, right? You eat a Pop-Tart then hopefully that they put the frosting on. Eat the same Pop-Tart, the same piece of peanut butter toast, right? You, you fix the same cup of creamer with a little bit of coffee in it. Come on. <laughs> you know? You yell at your kids up the stairs to get ready while they're going, Ew! you know? You're gonna be late. Come on. All the parents said, amen. You got all that, right? You fight, you get in the car, you're fighting over the one sink in your bathroom with your spouse and they got their curling iron and 19,000 other things sitting in front of it and you're just like, I just need to brush my teeth. I don't, no, right? Oh, my bad, I'm sorry. Got a little too personal. 
You got all that going on. Then you get in the car, you take them to school, and then on the way to work, you're yelling at the traffic because it's the traffic's fault that you're late, not yours. And then the whole way you're like, dear Lord, don't let my boss be sitting in the doorway today. I just really, I'm going to go in the side door. I don't need him to see me. I ain't, I ain't dealing with his mouth today, you know, all that. And then you go to work, you complain about that. You come home, you fix spaghetti for the third night in a row because it's quick and easy. You eat, you watch a little bit of TV, you fight the kids to go, it's time to go to bed. Go to bed and then you get four, six, eight hours of sleep, whatever you're getting, right? And you start the thing over again the next day and you're stressing about bills and you're stressing about, and all this, and we complain about that. Come on, y'all acting real holy today. You complain about the same things and you're frustrated about the same thing. And why me and why? And we're in this merry-go-round that we're scared to jump off. And some of us know that there's cycles in your life. As I'm talking about this, you're sitting there going, yeah, I got some really destructive cycles that I'm just spinning on, and it's been there for years, and it's why you gave your life to Jesus three years ago, and nothing's ever changed. And it's why when you got married, you're still as miserable now as you were then, because your spouse was supposed to fix you. Come on, y'all. And the truth is, is like we're waiting on the merry-go-round to slow down, but can I tell you something? You are fighting an enemy that doesn't want your life to slow down because he, it's not, let me, let, me, let me put it like this. What if the devil is not sabotaging every moment of your life? What if the enemy actually just wants to keep you at the same speed so you won't jump off the destructive cycle that you started? And so it's not that he's showing up in every moment that's wrong. He didn't make your tire go flat. You didn't dodge the two by four in the road. And for some of us, that's our lives, is that we are in this place to where the enemy gets the credit for every bad thing that happens, and he's going, I'm just keeping you spinning, because if I can keep you spinning, then we're okay, then we're going to be in this destructive mentality and these destructive cycles. And I want to I talk to you for a few minutes today about what a cycle is, because everybody in the room... Everybody in the room, high-level leaders to, to, to people that just graduated high school or middle school, whatever, everybody in the room is in a cycle today, and it all looks the same. The cycle all looks the same. I, w- I want to get those started today. I want to talk through this for a few minutes. It all starts, every cycle starts right here. Every cycle in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, everything in your life starts with a thought. Everything, every single thing you go through in your life begins with a thought. You chose to be at church today because at some point over the past couple of days, you had a thought that said, I'm going to get up and go to church on Sunday. I say it like this. Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. You have the thought that I'm going to get up. Some people didn't come today because when they woke up and they opened the door and let the dog out, they were like, that's too cold. I'm not, that ain't my life, you know? But you consequently opened the door, let the dog out, and was like, that is cold, but I got a jacket. Right? And you had a thought that, like, nothing's keeping me from church today. Nothing will keep me from church today. Um, that, you know, we have this great invention now. It's called heating. And we have heat in buildings. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. But everything starts with a thought. Listen, the people that you know, because we all know these people, and maybe it's you. The people that sabotage their own lives don't wake up one day and just go, you know, today's a great day to ruin my life. 
None of them started that way. But what it did start with was a thought. Maybe it was months ago, maybe it was years ago, maybe it was days ago, I don't know. But it all started with a thought that we allowed to linger. Affairs don't start the day of. Affairs start whenever you start entertaining the idea of allowing someone else to fulfill a need that only your spouse should. And we entertain the idea, we entertain the thought. Debt doesn't start with a one-time decision, it starts with a thought that this is where I need to go. I'm trying to put it on the bottom shelf for us today. Is this? It all starts with a, a thought. Um, I can't, here, here, let me give you some, some, some uh, freedom, if you will. You can't control the thoughts that come into your mind, but you can control how long they stay there. That is your, your responsibility. That is something you can control. Watch this. In fact, the Apostle Paul in the Bible says it like this. He says that you have to take your thoughts captive. Radiate Kids, I, I know you may not know, maybe, this, maybe you're new here. Radiate Kids is one of our favorite ministries at this church. And they're teaching your kids about Jesus just like you're getting taught about Jesus today. And one of the things that they talk about is this. You have to take your thoughts, you have to catch it, check it, and change it. Yeah. And they say you have to catch your thoughts, check it against God's word, and then change it if it's not God's word. Can I tell you, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is teaching us as adults today that we have to take our thoughts captive. You cannot control the thought that comes in your mind, but you can control how long it stays there. And if it is not of God, you get to replace it with thoughts and promises and verses, scriptures of God. And you get to do that. Because everything starts with a thought. I believe that the greatest thing the enemy attacks in our lives is this, our minds. I really believe that. I believe every spiritual thought, every spiritual attack does not start with your soul. It starts with your mind. Because the thoughts, as we'll look at it in a minute, controls everything else. Let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's one of my favorite scriptures that talks about the mind and the thoughts and the ideas and, and things like that. It says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, right? So don't Look like this world. Don't become like the world. Don't give in to the ideologies and the ways of the world. In fact, this is indicative or parallel to another thought that the Apostle Paul has where he says that we should actually be aliens of the world. In other words, we should be, as followers of Jesus, people that have submitted our life to Jesus, if you've made that decision so far in your life, we should be the weird ones. We're the weird ones. We're the ones that should stick out. We're the ones that should stand for something when nobody else will. We're those people. He says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, or you know what that word means, changed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, he says this, when you allow your mind to be made new again, then you will experience change. Why? Because the Thought, everything begins with a thought. When you pray and you pray that prayer and you say, Jesus, I submit my life to you, it begins with a thought that this is what I'm going to do with my life. He says, you'll be made new, everything. And then he doesn't say, he says, this is what you do. But then he goes on in the scripture and he says, this is why you do it. So that, I love those two words, so that you may prove what the will of God is. I love that word prove. How do you prove something? You show it. You live it out. 
You make an example of it, right? You, 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 you make it so tangible that, here's what he's saying. Whenever your life has been changed and your mind has been made new again or been redeemed under God with Christ, when your mind is beginning to think like God, then you will be able to prove or live out what the will of God is. And the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. He doesn't say, all you gotta do is A, B, C, and D, and you'll be able to prove the will of God. No, he says, first of all, your mind has to be redeemed. Your mind has to be saved. Your mind has to be changed. It has to be made new again. You are not changed until your life, uh, uh, until your mind is changed. Why? Because everything begins with a thought. Did you know that if you want to get up and go to the gym tomorrow, you have to think about that today? That's a today decision, not a tomorrow decision. Because if you wait until tomorrow, you're gonna wake up tired. You forgot to take your contacts out, so they're sticking to your eyeballs. You're hungry, all this, and you're just gonna, I don't feel like it today. And, and, and we, have to, we have to understand that our thoughts, everything begins with a thought. And here's, here's the truth. Your life, your spiritual life, your mental life, your emotional life, your relational life, everything about your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Everything in your life. In fact, that's the next part of our cycle. It goes from thoughts to actions. Every one of us, this is what happens. A thought, we have a thought, we give into the thought, we think on the thought, and then we begin to prove. Watch this. Actions are nothing more than the proving of your so thoughts. Good. So Actions are the proving of your thoughts. Romans 12, 2 says that. If I'm thinking on the will of God, the way of God, the kingdom of God, my life will prove what I'm thinking. Contrary, if I'm not thinking on the way of God, the will of God, the kingdom of God, and the, will, the, the ways of God, then my life will not prove the way of God because I'm not thinking on it. It's still going to prove what I'm thinking on is my point. No matter what, where we're going with it, no matter what we're doing, your, your thoughts will always lead to action. That's why miserable people are filling their thoughts with negative things. Hear me. You cannot live a grateful life and fill yourself with negativity all the time. It's not going to happen. You cannot live a grateful life and fill yourself with jealousy and envy all the time. You will begin to prove what your thoughts are. The Bible calls it fruit. The Bible actually says it like this. For believers, we can judge each other. Well, you're not supposed to judge. The Bible says as believers, we judge each other by our fruits. Or in other words, we judge each other by the proving of our thoughts. I can tell what you're thinking by how you're acting. I can tell what you think about me by the way you treat me. I can tell what you think about others by the way you treat them. And you can do the exact same thing for me. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, it says this. It gives us a great idea of what this looks like. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Okay? It says, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. All right, let's go back to the beginning. What did I say? We're always fighting a battle. Can I tell you something? If you've given your life to Jesus, or even if you're just kind of contemplating it, I want you to hear me today. You are fighting a spiritual battle in your life. 
All of us are. We are all fighting a spiritual battle every day of our lives. The, the hope we have is when we've given our life to Jesus, you're not fighting a battle you're gonna lose. You're fighting a battle that has already been won in the life of Jesus Christ and in the victory of Jesus Christ. That is our hope. That is our faith. That is our joy. That's why we get to fight with a smile. That's why we pray with a smile. That's why we worship with joy, man. That's why we declare the songs and we declare this because we know he's already won. But I need you to hear me. You're fighting a battle, and it's a battle of flesh versus spirit. And Galatians 5 very clearly lays it out and says this. You will give in to one or the other. Well, how do I know? We'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into this next week. But the truth is, is like, how do I know? Is it all about me or is it all about him? Which one is it? In fact, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 really breaks it down a whole lot easier. It says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are not fighting. Can I tell you something? The person that you can't stand right now, you're not fighting against them. You're fighting against spiritual forces between both of you. And the enemy just wants to discourage us and get us on this merry-go-round of a cycle to where I just feel I can't get out of this thing. I'm always going to be in debt. My marriage is always going to be dramatic. My kids are always... You, you heard people say that. I'm always... This is how it's always going to be. Oh, my and the enemy's going, yeah. I ain't even got to touch them anymore. They're on the merry-go-round. They're just spinning through the cycle because I've, I've gotten their thoughts so tainted that now they're proving everything they think about. And their actions are no longer anywhere close to what God wants. And we're fighting a spiritual battle. And so I need to ask you this question. Where are your thoughts based? Because where your thoughts are based is where your proving or your actions are going to be based. So are my thoughts based in flesh or in spirit? Am I filtering? Now, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about am I filtering through God's word? Am I filtering through God's presence? Am I filtering through God's spirit? What am I filtering through? Because that, where my thoughts are based, is where my actions are going to go. And every one of us in the room, your actions will eventually lead to habits. All of us. I call habits, I use the word rhythms more than I do habits, because I think we live in rhythms. Past three weeks of my life, I have been out of rhythm. I have a rhythm for my life that I love and very comfortable in my rhythm. I love my rhythm. I get up, I get ready, I go to the gym, or I take my kids to school, I go to the gym, I shower, I get ready, I come into office, I work all day, I come home, I either cook or eat what my wife is cooking, and it is amazing. Do my thing. I just have this rhythm of how I, my Mondays look a certain way, my Tuesdays look a certain way. When, I'm just in, and I've been out of rhythm. Like, I just feel, and you know when you're out of rhythm, what happens? You just feel like I, I, I'm nothing. I just feel like I'm a blob, right? Just kind of existing. And what we're essentially saying is, man, I've got these thoughts and these actions, but my rhythms or my habits are not backing up where I'm at in this thing. Everybody has actions because, or habits because your actions eventually become the default of your life, which is your habit. And so watch this. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. It always turns into it. So that's why some of us in the room, it used to be a moment of weakness where we'd pull up a website that we shouldn't be looking at. But then we started giving into it over and over again, and now it's a desire that we have three or four times a week that we watch too much on the computer that we shouldn't be looking at to begin with. 
And that's why we're in our, over our head in debt because it used to be two to three times a year I had a financial struggle. But now I can't keep my head above water financially because I bought a truck that I couldn't afford anyway to impress people I didn't even like. Oh, we getting there now. Y'all catching up now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, 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 we, and none, like, I'm not even saying buying a truck's bad. If you can afford it, buy it. Buy, in fact, buy me one while you're at it. All right? But what are my, where are my habits taking me? Because where my habits, where my thoughts are based, my habits will eventually become based. And am I feeding my flesh or am I feeding my, my spirit? And, and, and as you, you know, where your thoughts are based, there's your habits. Galatians chapter five, let me just jump into this. Galatians 5, 19 through 24 says this. It breaks it down so well because your habits look like something. And Galatians five actually tells us what they look like. Here's what, here's what it is. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident means they're, they're proven, right? Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you. Just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Why? Because one is based in me and one is based in him. Here's what he's saying. Those aren't just actions. Those are now habits. Those are now rhythms of your life. They are fruit in your life. Keep, keep going to the next one. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, so flesh versus spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right? Gentleness, self-control against such things. There, there is no law. There is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh <clears throat> with its passions and with its desires. Is that it? Okay, great. <laughs> and with its desires, I got so many more scriptures. I'm like, I, mean, I, I can't remember which one. <laughs> with its passions and its desires, right? Y'all quit laughing at me. And so here's what, here's what I'm here to tell you. Your habits will always tell on where you're based. Because your habits look like something. Outbursts of anger are not actions, they're habits. It's a heart condition. It started with a thought and it went from one or tw once or twice every now and then to now it just happens when somebody cuts me off in traffic. It just happens when things don't go my way drunkenness. You know, I used to have a couple moments of weakness, but now it's about four times a week. Wow. Come on, y'all. Let's call it out the way it is. And, and what, the, what, what, what he's trying to teach us in Galatians is this. He's trying to go, hey, your habits create something and they look like something. It's either going to be flesh or it's going to be, or it's going to be spirit. And every single time they always look like something. Watch this, watch this. But here's the thing, your habits will always lead to outcomes. Now, this is where I'm going to get real for a second. This is where most of us spend all of our time. We want to manipulate everything to get the outcome that we will desire. And I will, I, will, I will pitch fits, and I will get mad, and I will be sad, and I will get frustrated over this. Because I, I, I got to have the outcome. This is the outcome I want. I need this amount of money and I need my wife to act this way, my husband and my kids and blah, blah, blah. And we, we, this is the outcome. But what happens 
when I've, I've trained my thoughts and I've done all the right things and, and, and I've, I've changed my habits, I get up and I do the, I spend time with God and I do all this stuff and the outcome doesn't, doesn't happen like I thought. I prayed all the right prayers. I declared all the right things. I said all this stuff and it didn't happen. Why, God? You said that if I, my mind is renewed, then I will be able to prove. You said that my life would be changed and it was. You said that if I did the right habits and the right rhythms, that things would happen. And let me tell you what I'm living in my, learning in my life over the past three weeks. I am not nearly as in control as I think I am. Because this right here has nothing to do with me. This ain't my responsibility. And can I tell you something? It's not yours either. And the moment I think I create outcomes is the moment that I really think that I'm God. And we will spend, I will spend, let me take it that way because I don't want to offend anybody. I will spend my whole life working on outcomes. And God goes, you're just supposed to sow the seed. I grow the plant. When and where and how I want. So here's what I'm learning. I have to control what I can control. I can't control what only he controls. I just get to look and go, God, I gave you my life because I know who you are. Not because of what you would do for me. I love your heart more than your hand. I trust your character more than how you listen to me. And God, I don't get the outcome and I don't even like it. In fact, I'm pretty mad about the outcome. But I still love you. Because I didn't give you my life for an outcome. I gave you my life for an eternity. And this, this usually affects this. And that is usually when things start really spinning. And then the enemy's going, I got them now. Because they didn't get what they wanted here. Now this is out of control. And now this is beginning to change. And now their habits towards their kids and their spouse, their church, their God. I got it. And, and here's what Jesus says. Watch this. In John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, that I need to remind you, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He goes, I want to remind you there's a battle going on for your soul. And there's one thing the enemy is for. And he wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill every, your purpose. And he wants to destroy everything about you. And then he says this, but I came. I came. And I gave my life. I came. And I lived, as Hebrew says, I lived and took on everything that you would ever experience in your life. I became that. I felt the pain. I felt the betrayal. I felt the hurt. And then I gave my life on an old rugged cross. And as that blood poured down and puddled in that sand, I had you and your sin in my mind. Why? Because I came to give you life and life so much that it would be overflowing and abundant in your life no matter what. I came to give it all to you. Yes, I know it's a struggle to control your thoughts. Yes, I know your actions aren't what you think they should be. I understand your habits have got to change. And I know you don't like the outcomes. But I came to give life and life more abundantly. And when you give me your life, I'm not stealing. I'm not killing. I'm not destroying. I'm blessing. I'm giving. I'm offering to you redemption and salvation in your life at all times.
And that, that is the God that loves us in the middle of our cycles and in the middle of our lives, but way too much to leave us there. And here's what I know. There's people in the rooms today, here in Columbia and in Florence and online today, and you're sitting there going, I gotta get out of this cycle, man. I gotta get out of a cycle of addiction. I gotta get out of a cycle of pornography. I gotta get out of a cycle of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm giving in to flesh way more than spirit. I know there's more in me. I gotta get out of this cycle. And for some of you, You've submitted your life to Jesus and one of the greatest things you can do is get into relationship with others. And at the end of this month, we have life groups kicking off and we, the way we connect with others and do life with people are two ways, life groups and teams here at Radiate Church. Sign up and be a part of life together in that and make the decision, I'm not gonna do this merry-go-round that we see as life. And we're gonna talk about how to interrupt that next week. But here's the thing. Some of us, your first thing to getting off the merry-go-round is what the Bible says is to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and stop living like I am. I need forgiveness from God and I need to sacrifice and submit my life to him. And it's not a life of perfection, hear me? Because listen, you did not walk into a perfect church today. If this church was perfect, I'd mess it up. I am the least perfect person you will ever meet in your life but I am a submitted man. And when I get it wrong, I will get, man, it's me and Jesus. And that is what it looks like to just go, I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna do it with you, God. And I give you my life. And for some of you, that's the prayer you gotta pray today. And I want to pray that with you. I really do. So if you would just bow your heads right where you are, and I'd love to pray with you this morning. And if you're ready to ask for forgiveness today, I know there's some movement going around. Our teams are just getting ready to provide excellent experience on your way out, that's all. But it's just you and God right now. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I just wanna pray this with you. Right where you are, just pray this. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask for forgiveness today. Forgive my past, forgive my present, redeem my future. I, I know I'm not gonna be perfect and I'm not, I'm not even gonna try that but I do wanna live with you every day from this day forward. Will you walk with me? Will you guide me? Will you help me learn? Will you help me look and act and be more like you as, I, as my savior? God, thank you for making room for me and the family of God. And Jesus, thank you for sacrificing your life so that I could have eternal life. Starting today, I give you all that I am and I thank you that you've given me all that you are as we go through life together. Now, with everyone praying, if you prayed that prayer today, I'd love for you to just raise your hand. I'm not calling you to front. I'm not doing all that. I just want to give you a clipboard and just say, hey, I want to walk this out. I want to pray with you. I want to answer any questions you've got. I even have resources I want to put in your hand so that we can walk this out together. If you prayed that prayer, would you hold your hand up? Yeah. And just fill that card out. And on your way out today, just take it by the care corner. It's in the back corner of our auditorium on your way out. We just got some things we want to give you. That's it. And we want to congratulate you because we are living in the family of God together. Father, thank you. We love you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you love us right where we are, but too much to leave us there. I pray as we walk out of here today that you, were, you and your spirit would walk with us. And God, that we would move 
the lines forward for the kingdom of God. Help us change the world. And God, there's a lot of us, we need to get off some cycles. That merry-go-round is spinning, and we gotta, we got to jump off. God, I pray that we'd have, we'd have the ability and the power to do that this week through you. We love you, and we honor you.